Hey guys, what's going on? This is David Avalon with another episode of Breaking the Guard with my co-host Robert Drysdale. Robert and I just got back from Costa Rica. He was doing another camp with the Hero Academy and I was out there this time with my girlfriend on vacation. So we catch up a little bit and I share some stories from my trips where I heard about the the adventures of the the mega rich uh, with their super yachts out in uh, Costa Rica, and uh, even the big wig himself, Bill Gates. Uh, so we share some of those funny stories, and uh, it gets us into a topic about uh, the burdens of, well, at least what me and Robert perceive from being mega rich or mega wealthy, and. Uh, we also get into that rolls naturally into the boxing match, of course, with uh, Mayweather Jr. and uh, Logan Paul. And uh, from there, we move around quite a bit. We also talk about the upcoming uh, matchup that Andre Galvao accepted now to do the ADCC Super Fight for 2022. But as you may know, uh, it was, I think, maybe last week or the week before last, Gordon Ryan has retired from competition because of a stomach illness. And uh, unfortunate timing on that news. <laughs> so we talk about that as well uh, as a few other topics. So uh, there's a more of a conversational thing. We didn't really have anything offhand, so we just vibe with it as we usually do. So I hope you guys enjoy. Before we get started, I'd like to mention one of our sponsors, which is BJJRetreat.com. If you want to join me on one of my adventures, the next one is going to be here in Las Vegas from July 27th to August 2nd. That's, again, one that I host from my home, which is a lot of fun. Uh, I have all sorts of goodies here from saunas, hot tub, massage facilities and chairs. And we got mats here, full weight room bedrooms for for everybody so if you want to join in and again we do five days of training so it's a week-long camp but the middle of the camp we do five days of training we also have some other excursions we can do like axe throwing you know visiting the strip gambling uh shooting out in the desert so i have a, I have a quite a few things planned you can check it out by visiting bjjretreat.com it's currently 20 percent off and again it's a small group it's a Maxed out at 16 for the camp. So go ahead, check it out at bjjretreat.com to learn more and register uh, before that early bird discount expires. Hey guys, what's going on? David Avalon here with my co-host Robert Drysdale for another episode of Breaking the Guard. Robert, we both were in Costa Rica. We're at the same time, right? <laughs> yeah, the same but time. Different parts of, of Costa Rica. Different parts. How was your yeah. trip? It was amazing, man. Like I have such a good time there. Um, some of the best fish of my life. Yes. I mean, I think something about that you ha- you fished it yourself that makes it even better. But like the cook really killed it. I mean, we took it to like a, a restaurant. They like seared salmon, no, seared uh, tuna, probably the best I've ever had, man, oh. out of this world. So good. Fresh tuna cannot be beef. Oh, yeah. man. Like, and and they, they really knew what they were doing. You know, they killed it. And uh, what else? It was a short camp. I was only there for four days. Um, it was nice catching up with Ron and those guys. Like, they have like, a consistent crew that apparently goes there all the time. Yeah, yeah I saw a couple of the guys that just did mine. Yeah. Uh, Kevin... Uh, yeah, he was there. He's a big Kimura guy. Also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw him there, so that's cool. No, it's beautiful, man. They got a great thing going on there. I I got myself booked for spring break next year, so I'm going back soon. I mean, nice. soon spring break. Yeah. Yeah. The, the this time around when I went, I went to the Osa Peninsula. It's like in the south. Mm. It's all like rainforest and yeah. beaches. My God, the heat is just. It's, it's very humid. Yeah, you know, and uh, just telling you before the show, we went there to dive because there was a place there that you could go diving. And uh, it was a funny story because uh, the dive master, actually, he had worked with a lot of, like, super billionaires that apparently 
all these billionaires, like one, I guess he said it's like word of mouth, you know? Yeah. Like one of them went there because they have like thousands of spinner dolphins that they go in this channel. Yeah. And you could just see thousands of dolphins swimming and you could swim with them. And, but you have to, apparently it's not something that anybody can do because you need three speed boats to identify where they're at because they're yeah. moving all the time. And then once they find them, then they send in the dive boat to jump in. So one guy told him that another billionaire told another billionaire. Now it's like a club where before, like they would be. Oh, seen. Why don't we join that club, Dave? We should just. <laughs> I don't know. Up. Like, hey, why are we not invited? <laughs> I know. I was like, man, this sounds yeah. kind of cool. Except I don't have two. Like, and apparently, Bill Gates was one of the guys yeah. that he was a dive master for, yeah. which he has two super yachts. Yeah. Not one, but two. There's like one for him, and then like the support. It's not enough, yacht. Dave. It's not enough. One is not enough. <laughs> and and they don't even like. I guess because they can't just bring their own yachts there. They yeah. rent the super yachts, but then they bring in their own helicopters and stuff. They're flying yeah. in, and he was just talking about a lot of the stuff, which is, just seems like so crazy. Like yeah. the the amount of money that these guys are playing with is just like silly. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it was pretty interesting, uh, some of the insights they were giving, particularly Bill Gates. Like, he says he has his own security detail. Yeah. And like, essentially, whenever, like, say whenever Bill walks out, he's wearing orange. So like, all the security knows, they guard the guy with the orange shirt. Really? Yeah. And, like, and I guess the instructions... It's least, a different world. At least what they were telling me, the instructions is like, it doesn't matter what happens to anybody else, Bill is always the first priority. You could see his daughter drowning, and she's right there. Bill is 100 yards away, you go straight to Bill. Really? I was like, damn, that's pretty cold. It's, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's a different reality, man. Like yeah. these guys, like they, they operate in a, in a different world. Like I remember when I was in Abu Dhabi and I, you know, I was with a sheik and then I'm picking his brain on investments, right? Yeah. And I said, what's a good investment? I'm thinking about buying a house in Vegas. What do you think? And he goes quiet, he goes silent, he goes, yes, real estate is a great investment, but when you buy, never buy one home. Always buy the whole neighborhood. And just wait. <laughs> and then he's dead serious, Dave. He's just like dead serious about buying the whole neighborhood. And I'm like, this guy has no idea how much money I have. <laughs> he has no idea of like, it's like the difference of these guys between a thousand, a hundred thousand, and a million is like so insignificant yeah. that they don't even bother arguing. Like it's change, right? And, but that's how they operate. I think they asked Bill Gates one time, like, what was a gallon of milk? And he oh. was like $40 or something. No, I saw He's that. so out of touch with he reality. He was on the prices, right? It wasn't prices, right? I think he was on Helen or Ellen or whatever. Yeah. And they were playing the same prices, right? Game where they put a bunch of grocery items. It's like, oh, I guess. Yeah. It's like uh, a bag of pizza rolls. He's yeah. like, 49 bucks. You know, and the, the, everything yeah. was just super off. I'm like, yeah. his personal shopper is nailing him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He hasn't shopped in Ford. In his defense, yeah, yeah, when yeah. was the last time you think he went to the grocery store? No, of store? course. It would make, it, he would yeah. be losing money. Yeah, Lots yeah. of money. Yeah. I think if you do the math, if he dropped like $10,000 on the floor, yeah. it doesn't, it's not worth his time to lean over to pick it up. His yeah. time is worth more than that. So you just like, if you drop, if you lost $10,000, just let it be and just keep going, right? If I drop a penny, I, I pick it up. Yeah. But, but like if you're Bill Gates, like it's, it's a different reality, man. I will say this, though. I wonder about their mental health. Because if you're living in something that's so unnatural, it is so unnatural to be wearing orange and have everyone around you like taking care of you like you're some kind of demigod. And then it sounds incredible from the outside. But if you're in there, is that really healthy? Like psychologically speaking, right? Like everything you do is guarded. Everything you do is measured by like 20 other people. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if that's a, I mean, it sounds incredible. I'm not saying I wouldn't like to have a yacht. Yeah, sure. But I'm not sure it's the kind of life you would want to live at the same time. It's not what everybody thinks it is. Because he was telling me a lot of like little stories here and there. Like like he said that he has, he could see like divorce happening based on the interaction between him and the wife at the time. And. I guess he saw him afterwards and the change was dramatic. You know, he was yeah. a lot more upbeat or whatnot. But like even something simple as going to town, it's a complicated process. Yeah. Because now we need security There's detail. There's no peace. Yeah. And, you, you know, we got to make sure. Like, so it's like. It's nonstop. It's a high level of. Like, I always say like money is just the physical manifestation of power. Right. Yeah. And when you have that much power, people want it from it, you. They're you know constantly I mean? trying to bite at you. And then yeah. you have to have a team of people that protect you from people trying to take chunks of your wealth. But then you, can you trust those people? 
So I was I watching. Have you seen the Hollow Crown? I was just watching it. Like no, you watch it. It's yeah. it's based off like you know the Shakespeare's play Henry the Fourth, right? Or Richard the Second, Henry the Fourth, Part One, Two, and then Henry the Fifth. But basically, you know, when when Henry the Fourth takes power, and he does it in a very nasty way, he's very ambitious, right? And then he spends the, his whole like reign as a king worried that someone's going to do the same thing to him. He's worried about treason. He's stressing out and he can't sleep because like heavy raised the crown. Like he's just so stressed the whole time. He's king. He got what he wanted, but he's just miserable at the same time, you know, and he's just stressed out and he envies his subjects because he's imagine like imagine if you're a pauper right now, you're asleep. Yet I'm here awake at night and I can't sleep, right? Because I'm so stressed out about everyone trying to take what I have. So like, I wonder if like if even though it's something everyone aspires towards, like is it really that desirable that you would be that wealthy, right? Because it would be, I think I imagine it'd be in some ways more stressful than being poor. I, I well I would think you have to be a lot more cautious because like you said like when you're poor, you know, you have relatively yeah. little power. Yeah, not much people want to take anything from you. You know, like. Yeah. If you're homeless, nobody's trying to mug you. It's like the kids in the favela. I think I said this before. Like this, they're the happiest people I've ever seen in my life, Dave. I, I've traveled. It's the people in the slums of Rio de Janeiro. Like zero life expectations. They're not going to be doctors. They're not going to live in a mansion. Granted, they have the best view in the world, right? No, no expectations, right? No pressure. No pressure to win, right? Be successful. So you live. You live in the moment. And you're happy. I'm not suggesting I'm going to go live there. But my point is like power is, is an addiction. It's like drug. It's like, you know, I think it was Jim Morrison who said, like, you know, fame is like an issue. You know it's destroying you, but you can't let it go. I can't remember the exact quote, but, like, he was, you can see he was a man, like, he was tortured by his popularity because I didn't think he didn't want any of it. But at the same time, it is like like crack, right? The more you have, the more, you, 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 more doses you take of it, the more you need it. And it becomes sort of this spiral, and then you know it's destroying you, but at the same time, you don't want to hand it over to anyone else. Yeah. Right? Um, I mean, I, I think I saw, I just got was on the Bill Maher show. This was years ago, but I never forgot. It was a psychologist. And he was trying to find what the, like the happy middle for happiness was, right, financially speaking. And then he found that the people who were very poor were, were somewhat stressed out because they couldn't, you know, of provide, of course. And then the people who were very rich, right, I think it was making like over $200,000 a year, which is rich in this country, not uber rich. Yeah. But it's, if you're making more than two hundred grand a year, you're rich, right? Um they were even more stressed out because they were so worried about keeping up with the neighbors and they were so worried about managing their wealth and maintaining the wealth and not losing the wealth. And they were actually more stressed out. He was finding that the people, there was like a happy range, there was a happy middle there yeah. where people were actually were not that stressed out because they had enough for the family, they were providing, they had you know some money left over at the end of the year for a vacation, but they didn't have enough that they had to worry about like losing it either. Like in the sense like you have to manage all this wealth, right? So. Um, it's, you know, it's a difficult one because everyone's pursuing that all the time. I want to be rich, of course, but, you know, statistically, like, it's, it correlates with unhappiness, right? It's not breeding happiness. There's a, a, another study. I feel like I've, I've told, I, I've, I've said this in the podcast before, but, like, with chimps, right? And they find that the alpha male in the troop is the most stressed out. Oh, yes. Chimp in the troop. Yeah, yeah. Right? So because well, everyone brings him food and he gets more females and his life is technically better, right? Because he's the alpha. Uh, but he's the most stressed. They measure like stress levels through poop, right? They can measure how stressed the chimp is. He's like th- through the roof. most Because every problem is his problem. Yeah. Every problem in the troop goes back to who? To him. He's got to solve everyone's problems all the time. And then they find that the number two in command, right? Number two, three, and four, which is like the alpha's like right-hand guys. They're the least stressed. Because they get all the perks, <laughs> they get exactly. all the leftovers, it's, but none of the stress. That's what I was gonna tell you. Like when you were saying, would you want to be Bill Gates? No, I would like to be Bill Gates' friend. Yes, I would be his buddy. <laughs> You're better off being his buddy. Hey, Bill, can I borrow your yacht? Thanks, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you have to worry about paying and like the, the the insurance on it. You know, you just get to enjoy. And it's a better think about it. It's like a, you want to be number two. Um, and then, like, the stress levels would go up to the beta males, the ones that had no access to, like, females and were stressed out because... But they were still not as stressed as the alpha. Like, he was the most stressed guy in the whole troop. Uh, man, like, but that's the kind of stuff you're watching these guys, and I'm, I'm wondering. I don't know. They, I, they must have some therapist, some psychologist around to kind of keep their sanity because I imagine at that level, if you're not watching for your mental health, you lose it, man. Yeah. Your problem, like I mean, you see it with Hollywood all the time, right? Yeah, suicide, depression, drugs, drugs, and whatnot. It's like 
you couldn't ask like there's a population that's super wealthy uh or at least super rich they have you know all sorts of fame yeah. pretty much go anywhere they want yet you read tabloids is consistent of yeah. every problem that they have and if the lack of privacy too must be difficult and oh, yeah. it, it must be it must kind of be like not being allowed to sleep you, know? if you can't you can't yeah. go bar hopping on yeah. fremont hey i'm mean, bill gates i'm just gonna go to fremont and get wasted you can't do that you can't go to a nightclub and hang out you can't like yeah. go to a normal restaurant like on a date you think you can go on a date you know you can't what do you do how do you live your life like they have like 50 securities on you like all times i i, I don't know it doesn't sound fun no well it was interesting you were saying that uh this guy was saying, what was it? Uh, in Costa Rica, the, the local dive master spoke yeah. to Bill's dive master. Yeah. You know, because he has his own guy, but then the lo- they bring a local who knows the area. And he was talking to this guy. He goes, Oh, I imagine with you know, COVID, you must have been not busy last year. He's like, I'm busy. Normally, I work 247 days a year, something like that. Last year it was 365. More people traveling. Well, no, with just particularly with Bill the billionaires. Gates. Oh, Bill, yeah. Bill Gates. Yeah, he was, he was there the whole time. He was there the whole time. He said so. He must really but, like to dive. It makes sense because I had read an article uh, saying how the builders of super yachts had their best year last year. You're like, how would that be? That's so strange. But yeah. if you think about it, what better place to? Get away from a pandemic. Yeah. You're just in the ocean 24-7. Yeah. So the pandemic, like some some industry did exceptionally well. Like you could have, I mean, my dumb ass sold all my Amazon stock, right? Like <laughs> as a pandemic. But like if you, I mean, if I were smarter than I am, you would look at that and you would go, this is where um, the, the wealth is going to be, right? Like Amazon, like people are going to shop online. Of course, if they're locked in at home, guess where they're going to shop? They're not going to stop buying stuff, yeah. right? But so like there's some industry that exceptionally well like obviously you know gyms are on the other end of Amazon. <laughs> we survived <laughs> barely. <laughs> we made it. A PPP, you know, like little socialism going on. Like, hey, I'm not complaining. Help me. It's kept the economy afloat. Um, and I think now we're I think we're good. But the uh, um, yeah, man, it's uh, um, I forgot what's going with that. Well, yeah, like I, I would like a yacht for a week just to see what it was like. And then I would like to live like Bill Gates for like a month of my life, maybe, just see what it's like. My guess is that I, it would not be that fun. Because you would get over the private jet and the yacht after, so after a while. You'd be over it. It wouldn't yeah. be exciting anymore. I think it's exciting for the, maybe the first few times. And after a while, it's just, it's just another toy, right? Well, I think everything is just about, I mean, it, the transportation-wise, you know, super yacht, uh, private jet, yeah. cool. But I don't know. I'm about the destination, so it'd be more about access to places yeah. that you can get that you normally wouldn't get to. For example, in that particular place, mm. uh, from my understanding, that's you can only do that by having the means to yeah. have three speedboats trolling around yeah. trying to find where these dolphins are, and then. Having that, okay, we can uh, jump in here now. You know, normal person wouldn't be able to. Yes. I mean, there's, there's, there are commodity the advantages. Yeah. Like, you can afford to, like, hire speedboats to go find the dolphins for you. So, you're going to get a better yeah. experience. Yeah. Or just like uh, Jeff Bezos now is going to space. Just because? Oh, because he, remember, he has his own um, space company. Space company. And I guess, I don't know if it's a publicity stunt or he's just trying to fulfill a life dream yeah. or whatnot. But uh, he's taking him and his brother to the, I guess, to the edge of space, yeah. right, on a flight. You know, that's something that only so someone who's a billionaire He's competing with yeah. Elon Musk to see who's going to get to space first, right? That's pretty much... Well, Elon's been doing it, right, with the SpaceX. Yeah. But, uh, apparently, there was a bid to compete for a government contract, which SpaceX, SpaceX won. won. yeah. But now, uh, uh, Bezos had lobbied significantly. I think it was like $650,000 and... Congress or Senate, whatever it is. 650000 to one particular guy who then yeah. now is trying to push giving a second grant to give essentially Bezos $10 billion. How is that not illegal, by the way? Okay. When you think about it, screw what's best for the Republic, right? Like, let's just lobby here because now we need a second trip to Mars, you know? And it, it, it's, it doesn't seem to, you know, strike anyone as inappropriate that a congressman would be lobbying for a billionaire because a billionaire really wants to go to space like i mean yeah. I, I just look at all this and i'm like wait what 
like they're talking about that we're not the priority here anymore. Like, <laughs> like what's what happened? Because <laughs> I thought that's what a republic was. Yeah. It, it's funny, you know, like because I watched the show. Was it Hell on Wheels? Have you yeah. seen it? Uh, it's like the about the the train when they were building all the tracks during the post Civil War. Yeah. And you just see the type of deals that they're talking about oh, yeah. doing, and you're like, oh, this is the same stuff. Oh, yeah. It gets, it's, it's, I think it's, it's just disproportionate. Now, the yeah. difference is the Carnegie's of the world, they're midgets in comparison to the Elon Musk's, right? Like, wealth has accumulated to such an extent. Not only that, but a guy like Elon Musk, he makes a tweet and he messes with the entire world economy, which is terrifying to me. Like, I know like people don't think that's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he just went Bitcoin shot through the roof or down or up or whatever. And I'm going, the fact that a single person has that much power should be worrisome. Like, we should not be, like, okay with that. Like, that's a scary, scary power to it's, have in the hands of one person with a Twitter account. It's it's a very interesting thing, right? Because, well, we have free speech. You can say what you yeah, want. Yeah. So there's that. But then you have, like you said, this guy literally with, you know, whatever, 150 characters yeah. or 155 characters or whatever, yeah. just rocks the whole global yeah. economy. And, like, it's almost as if he's just trolling people. Yeah, because he'll put one like cryptic thing, and then he'll say something totally opposite. He's, just, he's testing the waters, and he's just yeah. constantly floating things yeah. around, you know. So, it, they, they, I know they're trying to accuse him of market manipulation, which I, I don't know what the the legal parameters yeah. of it is, but at the same time, what what's different from that? And when you watch like CNBC or something, where you yeah. have like Jim Cramer giving his like yeah. stock tips or whatnot, like it's just that. Elon has a bigger reach than this yeah, guy. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's yeah, the same it's thing. Just, it's just much bigger reach. So that's why I feel like, well, he can do that, you know? It's just that, you know, TV never had that type of reach. Yeah. You know, because especially now. It's being yeah. constant. It's, it's being exhausted. It's to the point now where, like, one person has more power than all kings in Europe had, you know, 100, 300 years ago. Yeah, because yeah. everybody's carrying around one of these things. Yeah. And uh, when that guy tweets, bing, it lights up. Yeah. So, like, that... The, the the means of communication is just far more powerful. Yeah. And then when you talk about someone like Elon who wants to do the, the brain chip interface. Oh, the, we're, we're kind of there already. We're just holding the chip in our hands. We're holding like, it. It's yeah, just yeah, not yeah, inside yeah. the brain so yet. It's just yeah. taking a step out. Yeah. You know, well, then there's going to be instantaneous communication to the point where you might get to a point where we're merged consciousness or what. I don't know. It's crazy. It's kind of happening. The phone yeah. kind of is that microchip already. It's just yeah. not inside your brain. Everyone's yeah. like, oh, the, I don't want to chip in my brain. Like, you got it in your hand. What's the difference? You yeah. know, because you're constantly being manipulated by the information you are given. But going back to the point of like Elon, like Elon Musk can have that much power. Like Adam Smith was like fiercely against monopolies because he believed that a capitalist economy cannot function with a monopoly. There has to be competition. Competition is what makes an economy healthy. Because once you have monopoly, if I if, if I have a monopoly of all jujitsu schools in Vegas, right? Like I can do a shit job, yeah. provide a shit service, and give it away with it because I have a monopoly. So it's you got to be careful of these things. In ancient Greece, they would ostracize anyone who was too powerful. If you were too powerful, you know what they do to you? Mm. They get rid of you because they felt it was un, it was uh, unhealthy for the, the health of the the, 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 the politics of the city state. If you were too good of an athlete and you were winning too much, you know what they do to you? They get rid of your ass. And it's, it sounds like a radical measure, like so you're punishing the guy for being successful, but it's because they prize competition so much, right? So they have they were striving that there has to be a balance. If you're too dominant in politics, you are unhealthy for. Athenian democracy, for example, right? And it's and it's a complicated one because there's no ideal solution because you're punishing a guy for being highly successful. Uh, what? It's not you here. What happened? Dave has a bomb installed installed inside his studio. <laughs> um. Are we, are, we, are we on still? Yeah. We're on still, but I'll just chop that out. Yeah. So this is, find a place to cut and come back in. Anyway, um, yeah, so it's, it's a difficult balance to strike because you want competition because competition is healthy. But you can't, if someone's too far ahead, there's no more competition, right? Like, yeah, yeah it, it's like, it's, but how do you strike this? It's not an easy problem to solve, it's very problematic. And it's a very old debate too. But what do you do if someone is that dominant? Like you, you kill competition. You know? uh, it's in the segue there. We can go to Gordon Ryan 
being retired. And then I guess they said Andrew Gabao just confirmed. Yeah, but then that I, game, but it was before the announcement. So, who knows, man? <laughs> well, supposedly, I yeah. mean, they showed the the it's messages. Shot, it was man. on May first. I don't think that they would have faked that or whatnot, because it said on the message from Gabao that uh, don't make an announcement yet. But I'm in no conditions, whatever. But it just looks unfortunate timing if that was the case. <laughs> now it looks really bad for him because, like, oh, Gordon announced he retired, and then they put the news announcement. Oh, I did it. <laughs> they probably did that on purpose. Just the timing, <laughs> the timing is revealing. But the other thing is, I don't know what his health conditions are like, but depending on what they are, he may not recover in time to train pro- appropriately to a super fight. Yeah. Right? So it might be one of those things. Let's say he requires some kind of surgery he's got for six months, and now he's got, what, three months to prepare, for example. Is that enough? I don't know. Maybe it, I, it, it's it's that it, that's a whole other issue. It really sucks for him. I mean, no, he was on a roll, like for sure. He's at his prime, he's and, and then that well, right yeah. there slows him down a lot. I, I, again, I have no idea what the issue is. I don't know anything about anything. Apparently, but. he's got like some. The, from what I've understood, uh, I guess in New York, in the Renzos, they were just getting massive amounts of staph infections. Like uh, I listened to a podcast from both Donner from. Craig and from Gordon, but particularly Craig was saying he was taking antibiotics like almost year round because he was constantly getting staff. And then what was interesting, they were like, "Oh well, that must mean that like Hensel's is like really dirty. He's like was hygiene bad at one night?" He's like, "No, we have like UV sterilization. We got you know cleaning the mats. Problem is that we have so many visitors. Yeah, you can't filter. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying what happens is like." I think Donahue was giving an example. He's like, imagine you're, you know, from Nebraska and you're a 21-year-old and you're going to make the trip to come and train with the squad, you know, so you're going to, it's a lot of money for you, yeah. you know, and just before you go to the trip, he knows you got a little staff. You're going to cancel the trip? No. And uh, it's, so, you know, they wrap it around. Well, yeah. This is another part of this conversation. A lot of people don't, don't, don't. Doesn't come up. People accuse the gym. Yes. If they get staff or ringworm, it's the gym's fault. I'm like, unless the mats are filthy and never clean, and then the gym has a portion of the responsibility, but we're talking at least half the responsibility lies on the students, and you can't control that because you have new students coming all the time. You have visitors all the time. I can't monitor everyone's skin. I can have a conversation about it. I'm like, I mean, that's messed up if you have ringworm and you're stepping on the mats, but it doesn't matter how clean the mats are. Yeah. If your training partners aren't clean, that's you know, and and then if they're coming from other gyms, if they cross train, this is like it, it. It is an issue. Like we've never had a staff problem in the gym. Um, ringworm is a bigger problem because it spreads a lot easier. Yeah. Staff requires an entrance into your skin, as in like normally it's an cut, ingrown hair, yeah, cut, yeah. ingrown hair. Ingrown hair is like the easiest one because it's like a, it's like the hair, like you know, the sweat runs through the hair all the way underneath your underneath your derma, and that's when you you catch uh, staff. I will say this about staff though: staff is in your nose. Yeah. So a lot of people are catching staff. I'm not pointing fingers, but like normally that's like you're not just you're just being dirty because it's on the mats all the time. It's just that if you have a pimple, you're not monitoring that. It doesn't have to be filthy, but like you know, you're just unaware of it. Like I've I've had staff before, like twice, and both times there were parts of my body you're normally not looking at, like the back of your tricep. You know, like you're not doing yeah. that right there. So you just think you feel it, but you think it's a pimple, and it's when you realize, oh shit, it's grown. When I pulled out of one of my UFC fights because of staff. It was like like between the back of my knee and my calf, mm. on like on the left side here. So like it was one of those yeah, things where like you have that, to yeah. like really lean over to see it. And I felt it, but I just assumed it was a pimple, which it probably was initially. And then it's you know I have a staph infection, right? It's a, it's a, but it's all over your body. Like you you carry staph on you twenty four seven. Yeah, it's and I, I guess his point was he doesn't believe for most schools or whatnot that. Mat to person transmission is the vector. It's person, person to person. Hundred percent. Right. And that. I guess he was saying the problem with them was that it was all these. They had like hundreds of visitors coming yeah. in every day, you can't, and it was difficult for them to screen. I guess now they said they improved the protocol where if you're a new visitor, they actually check your head to toe, and like looking through band aids because people were wearing a little a knee sleeve. Like oh, I'm good. <laughs> like that doesn't do anything. You know, you're sweating. And it's, yeah. You, no, you have to. Yeah. It's messed. It sounds messed up because you have to inspect people's bodies before they train. Yeah. But I, I mean, I've caught students. Am I trying to hide it? Oh no, people. I've and then it, I'm yeah. like, and I, and I get it. When I was like 17, I had a, a ringworm on my uh, on my stomach. You know what I did? Yeah. I, I hit it. 
<laughs> because I didn't want to stop trading. And it's 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 so shitty that you're on that end that you can't train when you're dying to train. You just want to, I just want to cover it up and screw it. You know. Oh, I did that. I actually. What was it? Uh, the guy that makes meme cartoons. God, I'm sorry, I forgot his name. I won the contest for that one, which was name your most disgusting like uh, competition ringworm story. Oh, and I had it. Can't wait for this one. So I was in high school, 15 years old. And in South Florida, there was just like a ringworm epidemic. Like, yeah, all the schools had ringworm, and to the point where every meet, the referees or the officials would check everybody head to toe. And you were—I'm not sure if I was naked or in my underwear, but you were stripped down, right? And they were checking you everywhere. I had a giant ringworm right on my cheek. It was impossible. I didn't have a beard back then either, so it was impossible to hide. Right? And Barry was all oh, day gonna be taken out, you know, like what are you gonna do? I was like, I have a plan. So I walk in there and I, I'm watching them inspect other people and the he guy they kinda makes he looks up, looks down, looks around. I'm like, I'm gonna stare this guy down so hard like I'm gonna fucking murder him. That he's gonna be so uncomfortable to look me in the face. Yeah. He's not gonna notice it. Wow. And I just went straight up like yeah. it's just like death stare. And yeah. sure enough, he just looked down right away. He checked me, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so awkward having someone look in your eye like that. Especially yeah. if you're naked or something yeah. like that. I think, I, I, my memory I was go, naked. You yeah. go super gay mode and go like, just bring out the gayness in you. And then just like, look at this guy like dead in the eye when you're naked. That's, oh, that's got to be so uncomfortable, man. If someone did that to me, I wouldn't be able to be like, oh God, this is fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, so I got to compete with a giant ringworm. Yeah. Eye contact in general is just like weird, you know? Like, yeah. And then if you guys, like one of you guys is naked, like no, <laughs> never. It's funny, it's like people in the, in the changing room, like they're naked all the time. They don't even talk to each other, even talking, yeah. you know? But it's like more in the US, like in Brazil, like people, you know, they, they would be more talking. Like right in Europe, people be naked and like full on having like, full-on conversations, like, but naked in the, in, the, in the changing room. Like, five guys naked just talking. And it's just a cultural thing, right? There's just yeah, whatever. Yeah. In the U.S., everyone's more, you know, you go naked, everyone goes quiet. Like, no one talks. <laughs> like, no, it's yeah, just, it's, it's a, very awkward. It's a, a, I guess a yeah. more conservative culture, so to speak. Right? Yeah, where, I think where, it's a where, more where, crude yeah. in the sense where, like, especially, like, I remember, like, I was in Sweden once, and the guy, like, bend over in front of me. And I was like, whoa. She's like, look away, you know. Yeah. But it was, it was not like, in their the way they're thinking is like, well, are you gay? Like, why are you? I'm like, it is. It's just like one of those things where I'm like, I was not expecting. <laughs> you know, you're not. Yeah. You don't prepare yourself for that. I, I think. Oh man, I'd rather not see that. Right? Uh, yes, I wish that I could delete that. Yeah, you yeah. Know, from Particularly my memory. Particularly dude bending over. Oh, that's uh, a bad visual. That's yeah. a bad visual. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I like the modesty yeah. aspect of it. I was in, I was in Poland once, and we were there was a camp. And um, so there's like one of 50 subpoenas in the camp. And then, you know, I, I went to the shower. There was like maybe four or five showers for everyone. So there's a big line of people. And I went first because yeah, I'm the coach, yeah. whatever, right? Privilege. And then, but I'm, 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 I'm assuming it's the men's bathroom, right? So I knew there was a line, but I didn't know it was like one bathroom for men and women. So there's some women in line too. So I walk out of there naked. And I have like four chicks like staring at me. I'm like, oh shit. And and I and there were other guys in line. And some most of them were in their underwear, but some of them were naked. And the chicks were in line with them, just like just waiting. They're in their bikinis, and they're just waiting to take a shower. It's like it's completely normal. Like I, I was so, I don't know, just so put off by that. It's like you don't expect to see women see you naked when you're walking out of the shower. You know, it was just weird like that. Yeah, I guess it, it's culture that because yeah. if you're desensitized to it, yeah, then it doesn't really bother. It really you. isn't a yeah. big deal. Like, but like we're always. You know, trained like oh, we're not used always to it. Yeah. wearing underwear or whatnot, yeah. and that tends to what draw your eyes more to it. You know, because, yeah, because you're, you're now you're 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 curious yeah. or like your brain's like trying to figure out what's under that. You know, yeah. and it, yeah, it becomes impossible. It's kind of like <laughs> when you're. I remember when we were kids, like, oh, we'd get like the the porn channel. You know, like Playboy channel. Yeah, but like after a few minutes, like oh, okay. It's, You've seen the tits, you know, like it, yeah, it's it, it desensitized. Yeah, you get yeah. desensitized, right? It's kind of like the fights too. Like after yeah. watching like a couple fights, like okay, I'm kind of fired yeah, up. it's it's. I sad. never get fight cards. I put like thirty fights at once. I was like, oh Jesus Christ, this is gonna be hard. You know, like yeah, after you watch like five, ten fights, you're like, I I, I don't I know, man. Like I like I'm like I I just see the Logan Paul uh, Floyd Mayweather fight. I saw some clips of it. I saw clips. I didn't see yeah. the whole thing. I saw the apparently Logan landed two punches. 
<laughs> back to back a jab and a little bit of an overhand right. So let me let me. Um, so this is um, was that that's not an official fight. It's like it's an exhibition fight. So yeah. genius. So this is what I my guess. Okay, conspiracy theory moment here. This is if you're Mayweather and you love money like the way he does. This is what you're gonna do. You make it a non-exhibition, so it doesn't go on your record. Everyone's betting where? Where are the odds? Who's sure, on Floyd Mayweather, finish, right? Yeah. So what is? And then most people assume that he's gonna win between round one and eight, somewhere along those lines. They're betting. He does the unexpected. What does he do? Just carries him. Puts all the money on himself yeah. to what? To draw because yeah. no one's. How many people are voting on that? Yeah. Right. How many people are voting that Floyd Mayweather is gonna? So. My guess is that he, this is why he has a smile on his face in the press conference. He's going like, I don't give a shit. This is going on my record. I know I can beat this kid. Yeah, I no, actually honestly think he's just holding back because he wants to draw. He wants to survive. Yeah. And he's making more money that way. There's, a, there's more conspiracy theory to that. Apparently. There, there's a rematch. Well, no. Uh, there's a clip where Floyd hits him. I think it was one solid punch or maybe it was a combo. And you can see Logan kind of limps. Like, yeah. And Mayweather holds him. Yeah. And it was like towards the end of the round. And the clip's kind of short, so you can't see what happened afterwards. But he clearly held him up. And which would make... And fighting makes no sense. In boxing, yeah. you, you just... Going. There's, you would never grab somebody you keep hitting. if you're hitting, right? You keep hitting him until he goes down. So yeah. there's, you know, there's a credence to your idea where he's like, no, 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 you're not supposed to go down. Yeah. You're, so, you're supposed to stay up. You know? So this is what, uh, I'm not going to mention who, but someone who is in Mayweather's camp, who I know pretty well, when he fought Conor McGregor, he's going, like, he could have beaten Conor between round one and five, no problem. But he did the same thing. He put all the money on himself between, win between round eight and 12 or something like that. Sure. He won in round nine, I think it was. Um, but, like, it's the same thing. You, it's, it's about money. Like, Floyd, is, Floyd is so much better than Logan Paul. I know he's bigger and stronger and younger. I get that. But he's such an experienced boxer. Yeah. Like, he would have, he would know right a split second after he lands that punch if he got Logan or not. Like, he knows, oh, I got this kid. So what does he do? Because he's fighting for the draw. Holds him up. That makes, if, if you're trying to make more money, that's exact. Because he's so good. He ha mm -hmm. It's like, if it would be like me training with a blue belt. Yeah. You think I have to put him away? You don't think I can pull off a draw with a blue belt yeah. if I wanted to? Think, think about it. If you were with a blue belt and you really want to fight for that, you don't think you could, Dave? Oh, of course. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not that hard. Yeah. It's actually pretty easy to pull off a draw with a blue belt. Just act like almost let him get in an arm bar knowing perfectly well you can escape yeah. because you trust your jiu-jitsu that much, right? You don't think Floyd Mayweather's on the same level no, of boxing? Dude, of course. He's like what? In his late 40s, 50s? 42, I think. Yeah. Late 40? Oh, okay. he's younger. Than, yeah. Oh, he's younger than I thought then. But nevertheless, making $100 million off a nothing fight, zero risk or whatnot, really. This is why he has yeah. a smile on his face at the press conference. Yeah, the kid was better than I thought. Because he's just like basically saying to the people that knows what's going on, all his boxing friends, what he's really worried about yeah. is his reputation in the boxing community. He knows that they know, and that's why he's smiling. I'm like, you guys can suck all the shit you want. I just made $100 million. That's what, you see my small mind? I almost said $100,000. That's like, <laughs> the mind of a poor man. But, and, 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 but that's what he's saying. He's communicating to, I got a story very, very close to home, very similar, in fact, very close to home that I'm not going to say because, anyway, I'll just let it slide. But there's, I'll tell you in private later, but it's similar. People acting because they're worried about their reputation amongst the people in their circle, right? Yeah. So they just like, oh, I, I did that on purpose. I, I, I'm, I'm, it was planned, you know, like, uh, or like Mayweather's just, I'm trying to like, anyway, lost my train of thought. But Mayweather's just like acting cool because he wants people to know that he, was, he wasn't taking it seriously. He wasn't taking it that seriously. No, right? I like guess he was trying to win. And he wants to get another fight with their brother now. Of course. He, now he, yeah. does, now yeah. he builds. And then they get a, and they can keep doing this endlessly. Because to him, it's the easiest money in the world. Like, these kids are, like, they're athletic. I'm not taking credit. I think Logan has balls. Logan has balls, whatever. Like, they're, they're athletic kids. They hit hard. But there's a, there's like, you know, people don't understand. There's, like, the amount of training and time that someone like Mayweather has to be where he's at. Yeah. And that's what kills me about this conversation. It's like, I'm not hating on people making money. Like, hey, man, all the power to you. What kills me, this is what part that breaks my heart, Dave, is there's thousands of boxers around the world that deserve that fight more than Logan Paul did. Thousands, right? Like, every professional boxer on the planet deserves that fight more than Logan Paul did. But, you know, we're living we're in an age where entertainment and merit have kind of blended in. There's no more clear division where those lines are, right? 
it's sort of like the same thing. Like the ability to sell tickets is equivalent to merit now. Like that's, oh my God, that's one way of looking at it. Like it's like when Hezbollah ends up fighting that other little Russian. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna sell crazy. It's, it's because like the, the lines have been blurred between like a ring and a circus. Like it's not so clear anymore. Yeah. Like we've, I mean, it sells, it works, I get it. But tell me you don't feel like it's messed up with the people who have spent oh. their lives in the gym die, and they're getting paid peanuts, man. And this kid made $20 million, he was 0-1. And, and yeah. he's fighting Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, I know. Even just in the UFC, fighters are really upset. You know? Of course, different, different sport, but same idea. It's like, man, this guy just walked in there, made oh. twenty million, but he's like, I, I forgot who put it. He's like, oh, I'm here starting my YouTube channel now. <laughs> you know, because like, but that that's kind of the that's the right lesson to learn from this. But at the same time, it seems un, unfair in a way because like, what do we want from our fighters, like? Me, as I want to see the highest level of technique possible. What yeah. should my fighter be doing on the off time yeah. then to maximize that? Training, Training. recovery, diet, yeah. you know, all the other stuff. That's what he should be focusing on. But the reality is you could do all that, but that's not going to make you any money because you need to be noticed. You need to be marketable. So then, like, how do you become marketable? Well, then you have to invest time into social media, whether that means you hire somebody or you... From what I've seen, the people who do it best are doing it themselves. Yeah. Right? They're not like outsourcing it. Oh. They're, you know, taking charge of it. Yeah. But that takes time. And that yeah. takes time away from your training, you know? And so now you're, you're, you're trying you're, to fight the compromise on training in order to be marketable, which is the reality. It just seems like it takes away from the true purpose of what you're trying to achieve. It's just that it works because as long as you're selling tickets, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The thing is, uh, and, and I. I notice this a lot in jiu-jitsu on a much smaller scale, much, much smaller scale, you know, exposure-wise, financially, I get it, but it's the same problem. You get these kids, and they're coming up, and they're blue belts, purple belts, and they're starting to win, they're getting some notoriety, and I see this all over the place. And the second they get a little taste of that fame and notoriety, that right there starts being more important to them than training. And all of a sudden, there's like, for every training session, there's like three Instagram posts, right? And once that ratio's off, like there's more pictures than training, it's the beginning of the end, and I've seen this, and I, I call this from a mile away. I, I, I follow, I, not my, my own students, but other gyms too, I follow, I, I watch, right? Yeah. And I'm going, man, that kid's got a lot of potential. It's incredible, look at him. So there you got, you've been doing this forever, you got an eye for this, if you develop an eye for potential, right? And you see these 18, 19 year old kids, are like, man, that kid is gonna be a stud. And you're just watching, what, he's 19? Holy shit. And then he gets a little taste of it. He's on flow grappling now. <sighs> I made it, right? And then you can see the, and then all of a sudden, like, you can see them doing that plateauing and then going down because their priorities change. Where before they were immersed in competition for competition's sake, I am trying to outdo my rivals. That's how you be good. You walk into a gym, you're like, I got to be the best guy in the gym today. That's how you get better. Like, trying to compete with your friends, right? Yeah. I'm trying to beat you, you try to beat me, and that's how we both improve. When you shift the focus from that sort of competition to a popularity contest, you're, you're, you're no longer, when you go to bed at night, you're no longer thinking, how do I pass Dave's guard? Dave caught me in that footlock tomorrow. What did I do wrong? Oh, yesterday, what did I do wrong? Right? Your, your wheels are turning in a different way. Yeah. You got different wheels turning. Right? What, am I, what kind of post am I going to do tomorrow to get more followers? Right? And then the amount of mental energy that you dispense on one topic versus the other, like it just starts, there's a shift. Right? And that's, you can see this at the beginning of the end of their career because they had the potential to do it because they had that little taste like they can't. And I'm not saying, hey, to each their own, whatever works. It's, this is work for Logan Paul, Jake Paul. Hey, man, all the power to you. But I think that right there, the message that is sent is that you're better off, you know, turning these wheels over here before you go at night than actually trying to be great. Yeah. Right? Because we just saw a guy who's 0 and 1 fight the greatest boxer in history. Yeah. And he made $20 million from it. Like, and that's, if you had told me that 10 years ago, I would have been like, no way. That's impossible. It's never going to happen. Well, here we are, right? But hey, again, like entertainment is an end in itself, right? It is no longer greatness. It is the ability to make money and entertain. So it is what it is. Yeah, I look back when I was competing and I never thought about fame. No, you don't think? But there's none too. Like back then, like there was none. Like the closest yeah. thing to fame would be like something on Grappler's Quest website. There'd be a picture of you, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Or like, grappling magazine or, or grappling. Like, like, I make a, like, I the first time 
I, I had a picture of me on, on Gracie magazine. I won the world as a brown belt. Like it's a picture's like the size of a, a quarter. Yeah. I was so happy. It's like, oh my God, I'm on Gracie magazine. It was like a time it was that's as far as you could get, right? And that was in some ways, financially it sucked because everyone was broke. Okay, I get that. But in some ways it kind of kept the right wheels turning because you're focusing on the right things. Yeah. Because uh, you're probably like me. I didn't start martial arts because I'm like, this is going to be how I become famous or yes, rich. Yes, like, yes, I just, I got into it for self-defense and then afterwards, I just yeah. loved the challenge. Yes, and, and this, yes. And proving myself yes. over and over and yes. over again. You know, like, even once I got into, you know, ADCC yeah. and started, you know, competing and stuff, I never thought about the fame aspect of it. But then again, it, maybe it's like you're saying that there wasn't any real money involved. So yeah. it's like, there's not as much incentive, you know, but... Yeah. I don't know. I, I I think that's the difference now, though. There's some people getting into this who actually think, oh, I can be rich off of this. Yeah. And like your incentive to train is now different. You know, um, particularly with guys now, like, for example, like Gordon Ryan, again, he's kind of raised the bar for what's financially possible. Yes. You know, guys like Craig Jones and stuff like that also, like, just competing, they're making a good amount of money. So now the next generation is like, oh, I can potentially make that much money yeah and this is not as a highly competitive at least from their mind as it would be to get into the nfl or to nba oh. i would think that would you can argue that pretty easily right that it would be harder to be a top nba or nfl player than it would be to, as far as the amount of people entering versus being a top grappler yeah right uh but yeah that just seems crazy to me you know like it, because it just changes the incentive i i feel like People who get into it like that are what I would call athletes instead of warriors. I always yeah. make that distinction where yes, you know, like martial guy, artists versus like GSP talks about that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. say like the athlete is somebody who who takes a sport as a as a game. Yeah, you know, so they don't they can win, they can lose, and uh, generally that means like once you get to the point of pain, yeah. you pull out. Right. You know, whereas like a guy who's a warrior will die on the mat. Yeah, it's he's different different reasons, one hundred percent. Like, and 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 it's funny because like when you when you make all these decisions in life, right? You're gonna choose like do you want to be admired by experts or do you want to be admired by people who are clueless, right? And then you can contrast a guy like Khabib and McGregor. Everyone who doesn't know MMA thinks McGregor's the greatest fighter of all, of all time. It's true. Like people that don't know MMA, if you ask them who's the greatest MMA fighter of all time, they're gonna mention the one guy they know, yeah. which is Conor McGregor. Now, anyone who loves fighting, right? If you ask like Conor McGregor, or Khabib, it's unanimous. Khabib's the man, right? Khabib is the man. Like I, I, I like that guy. He was I mean, when I saw him fight the first time. Man, this kid's really good. Like good wrestling, good ground and pound, top control. Like he, he grapples. I wish I had his wrestling because I think I have a similar idea of how you should fight. Like like the, the cage fighting, the whole thing. Like it's, it was always my vision as a grappler is to fight exactly yeah, like him. I agree right? with you. I agree but with he's you. he and but like that that alone, his record. Like okay, this kid is phenomenal. But then you start getting little glimpses of him as a person, and I don't know him personally. But you, 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 I think a person's character is tested when you're tempted. That's when you really know. Because it's easy to do the right thing when there's nothing on the line. It's when you have a lot to gain or lose that you still do the right thing. That's when you really test someone's character, right? When Zubaida jumped over the fence to punch McGregor, which is wrong. I'm not defending him. But Khabib went, if you fire my friend, you have to fire me too. I think Dana knew he was serious about it. Like, he would rather lose a belt and hundreds of millions, potential, like, tens of millions of dollars to stand by his brother, yeah. right? And they just offered him $100 million to fight Mayweather. And he said, no, I'm not fighting for the money or self-affirmation. I'm happy with who I am. They're more important. It's like, holy shit, man. Who says no to $100 million? Yeah. I can't name a person who does that. Are you kidding me? But he's, like, he does it. Yeah. And it's, it's incredible. Like, who the hell does that? He actually means what he says. He's not bullshit. He's not doing it. It's not a PR campaign, Dave. He's dead serious. He was like, I made a promise to my mother, and that's it. Like, the fuck does that? Can you imagine McGregor doing that? Mm -hmm. Logan Paul? Floyd Mayweather? I can't. Yeah, it sells money. <laughs> I mean, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he's the... I mean, maybe like, okay, you could have donated that money and, you know, helped so many people. There are things you could have done with that, maybe if you don't want it for yourself, but there's something about him. There's, there's something about that region of the world, other corners of the world, there's this code of honor that has survived, right? You see that in some, you know, aspect of Japanese culture. At the very, they call them honor cultures, right? Like where a handshake still means something. Yeah. Right? Um, 
I, 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 I don't think that, that there's extremes to this, but I think we miss some of that. Like, that is, I, I like that. I well, think it's, that's, a, it's integrity, right? At integrity. The end of the day, right? And I think, example, it's what we lack in politics and it's what we hate about politicians. Yes, because they have none. Yeah, they, yeah they're, they're, they're flip-floppy. Yeah. I would say, oh, you know, yeah. I'm going to build this bridge for you and then cross your fingers behind the back. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. no, it was a, it was, yeah, you they, got, they you stand got for calm, nothing. Right? They stand for nothing. It's yeah. easier to, like I would have a harder time. I would have an easier time voting for somebody that I disagree with on certain points, as long as I knew like the position was solid. Yeah, I prefer. Right? Or right, someone, like, or someone who admitted, you know what? I did coke last week, and I cheated on my wife a couple times. I would listen to that guy, and I'm like, okay, I'm not justifying what you did, but there's someone actually willing to be honest here. Like, there's hope right. that all the other things that he says now will hold some truth to them. Because when you get these guys with a smile on their face and they tell you everything you want to hear, that's the first guy you should be suspicious of. Yeah. That's the first. The alarms go off these days. And I'm like, oh, oh, it, he's wait, it's, it's too good to be true. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, let's, let's calm down here. He may not be the ideal candidate. He's telling me everything I want to hear. Yeah. Right. That, that, so a guy like Khabib, essentially, he's very strongly principled and yeah. stands by them, you know, yes. regardless of, yes. like, the opportunities that could be lost. Yes. Right? So... I think everybody, at least I, I can admire that. Right? I think, okay, that's it's somebody badass. that, yeah, yeah. And like you said, he stood for his brother as well. Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, he goes, I go. So again, principle, you know. So we respect that because even if you look at when you're raising kids or whatnot, not that I have any, but from what I understand, yeah. you have to be able to set like hard limits, right? If you raise a kid and you give rules, but the rules bend all the time, it's chaotic for them. Yeah. Because, you know, kids are always pushing the envelope. They're trying to see, how, how much can I get away with? Yeah. They're pushing their self. Let me do that? Yeah. Okay, I'll keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Push over the breaks, cliff. Yeah. Right? yeah. So if you don't, if you never slap that wrist or tell them, okay, this is the limit, no. you're good. But it, when you're dealing with people, it's the same thing. Like, you're trying to understand where is this guy's position actually, you know? And it's very rare nowadays, especially the more famous and political you are, like, that you have a hard limit. Yeah. It's like, well... What I believe depends on the circumstances. Yeah. Right? It's like, oh, Christ, you know, like circumstances change all the time. You know, it's like, I can never believe you. No, I, I and, never know who you are. And, and, and I'm not against, like, I've changed positions over the course of my life. Like, no one has, you know. Sure. Like, yeah. But I, I'm always suspicious of politicians that do it because I want, like, my sense from people, they call it the game, right? The game is like, this is how you make it in life. You play your cards right. You, like, you sense where the, which way the wind is blowing, right? And that's where you stand. Like, majority of people are here. The majority of people are that. You see that in jiu-jitsu too, by the way. You see it everywhere. And whenever I see someone like who's like changing a corner, like whenever the wind is blowing right and that's where they go, I'm always like, all right, maybe they really had a genuine change of heart. <laughs> it's like all the Republicans who are like pro-gay all of a sudden. I'm like, maybe they really change. Maybe all of a sudden they're no longer homophobe. I don't know. But there's a part of me that goes... Is that genuine, or is this guy just you know like sensing you know like politically convenient? Yeah, yeah. so it's politically convenient because like he wants to side with the majority, he wants votes. So if the majority of people are, and 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 I think a lot of this is why the cultural wars are so you know important because they shift, they dictate where politicians will stand, right? And this goes for judges, this goes for politicians, anyone who's like uh, 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 subjected to elections or to. Um, you know, if you're a public figure, it's the same thing. So a lot of people, I remember I made a political post a few years ago, and there was a guy I was in business with, and he got really mad, really mad. He goes, Rob, always right down the middle. Always right down the middle. Never position yourself. And he was mad because it's going to cost us money in the business deal. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, oh, so that's what people... And then it's like, that's how, these, that's how it works. You're supposed to be neutral all the time, right? That's how you become successful. Or like making like only when you know for sure the majority is here or there. That's when you make a stand. Yeah. Oh, got it. But to me, it's just like it's like, it's just a dirty game. Like it's just I, I I would rather people disagree with me than that. Right. Like I I always felt like I'd rather have somebody lay out their positions. Like this is I believe in this. I believe in that. That yeah. boom. You know. And now okay, I know who you are, and if I trust you, now I know this is your your standing. But and yes. I I know how you react. On different circumstances as well, based on these positions that you have. Yeah. But like you said, when you're like a fair weather politician, where yeah. oh, the wind's going here, wind's going there, <laughs> like I, he could be anything. 
You know, yeah. it just depends he's on a what, chameleon. Yeah, yeah, he's a chameleon. You yeah. know that you can't find him. You know, so I don't want a chameleon as a. That's but, what I'm saying. Like I need to know some, what I'm getting. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. have someone who's very strongly opinionated. Yes, and I yeah. disagree in a few points, but okay, I can. But you know what you're dealing yeah, with. Yeah, you know what you're it's dealing with. It's consistent, yeah. right? It's uh, like with who was it? I forgot the politician. Where they were asking him what his favorite ice cream was, and he had to look at his handler to try to decide. Yeah. He's like, oh, if you said chocolate, all the vanilla people are going to be pissed. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, are you kidding? You know, no, like, it's, it's, uh, it, it's exactly how they operate. It's exactly how they operate. So, and, and it's, it's what success. This is like I'm suspicious if everyone makes it to the top because throughout your life, you would have to corrupt yourself so many times in order to achieve that level of success or right of rising that high. And I'm going, I'm, I'm inclined. I'm so cynical towards these people that I'm thinking if you made it that far, there's a very good chance you're a very corrupt individual. <laughs> I, yeah, I tend to agree with you on, on the majority, mm -hmm. right? Because it seems like when you look at historically, whenever you have one reign of government last for a long time, there's always weeds getting in there. Oh, yeah. And once those weeds are in there, they fester and then they grow and they yeah. grow. And it's kind of like you, if you have a club of people who act a certain way, you're only going to get into that club if yeah. you're the same. Right, you know, so like, example, it's like we have a bunch of guys who are into, and particularly the more illicit or illegal or unethical the activity is, yeah. the more difficult it is to get in there without being that way. Yeah, because essentially everybody's kind of like blackmailing each other. Now, yeah, right. Like you, you know, if you leave, we know the dirt that you have. You know, and we can expose that. So it, it does kind of lend to the idea what you're saying, which is like if you're in a high level of government you, now, you have to be corrupt. Yeah, you, you have to be dirty somehow it. because yeah. they're not going to let you in otherwise. Yeah. Because if you're if you're clean, you're like, oh man, this guy's a liability because he has no dirt, and, and then he you knows get excluded. Yeah, you get excluded. You're not going to make. You're not going to be invited to the right parties. And it sounds like it doesn't matter who. It's that's actually how you rise up. Yeah, is be going to the right parties. Is having all the right friends. It's that social circle that you nurture. Like you, you immerse yourself in corruption, and then you become part of the problem. Now, but if you actually stood your ground, I don't think you would be. I don't think you make it past the first layer. Like you would just get like immediately like, oh, oh, you're not one of us. You're not. One, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't think. But they come after you too. Like seriously, like if if anyone there's like it was like a Nietzsche quote. Like anyone go around like, how does it go? Yeah, like I'm honest, man would be hated in politics. Like I can't remember the exact quote, but it's something to that extent. It's because he would not be he would not be playing the 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 game, right? That's what they call it, right? Um, man, it, it's I don't think there's an easy I don't think there's a solution. People are always going to pursue their own self interest above everything, which is fair. But like, where are lines? If there are no lines there, like on what you can and can't do to pursue that. Now you just open Pandora's box. Now you're talking about like anything goes as long as you win at the end, right? And we end up with Pablo Escobar being a hero. <laughs> you, you know that, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, For the you, local I, communities, I, he was. I, yeah, he, I, he was no, very clever. But not just... I mean, you can make an argument for poor people in Medellin because he yeah. was giving them money. You, I can disagree or argue with the argument. But when I see like American teenagers walking around with a Pablo Escobar t-shirt, oh, I'm always like, what the... The man is a mass, but it's it's okay because you look at all the money he had, right? One example out of many. Um, yeah, but I, I think we just solved the world's problems one more time, Dave. <laughs> Vote for me and Dave. <laughs> uh, no, man, but uh, Dave, it's always a pleasure, man. It's always fun, good catch up. Um, look at all, look at all the the madness. Madness of an zero and one fighter and and fighting the greatest boxer of all time. Hey man, it was I I bet I hey, if Hasbula fights that other kid from Tajikistan, I'm gonna watch it. That's the fight I'll watch. That well, the, I, I like to be entertained too, but some of it is just overboard. But for some reason, I'm interested in seeing Hasbula fight. The the only thing I could say that's <laughs> that's kind of a inspiring in a weird way is that getting famous now is easier than it ever has been in the history of the world. Yes, because as long as you know how to game social media, yeah, and and, and you know people shit on the on the, yeah. the Paul brothers or whatever, but uh, build your own YouTube channel with twenty thirty million people. Yay, man! Yeah, like, yeah, it, it's, it's work. It's it's a lot of work. It, it is, is a, work. It is, it, it's right. just yeah. it's just work in a different avenue. It just seems like that's not the way you're supposed to become 
a fighter with a chance to fight the greatest boxer yes, of all time. Yes, it, it, it's it, a shortcut. It, it's a weird way of getting there. Yeah, right. Uh, it's a different route. For it's sure. a very different route, uh, but it gives everybody a chance. Hey, you know, like they said, the next fight for uh, Mayweather, PewDiePie. <laughs> PewDiePie is like the YouTuber with the biggest chance. He's got like. 200 million followers. He's an enormous channel. I would Bigger watch than the that. Like, okay, but he's like, a skinny, I think, a Scandinavian dude, funny guy. Right? Like, he's the next fight. He would bring, like, apparently when that guy, or at least back when I was, I heard about him, he gets more people to watch him twitch or whatever than, like, an NFL football game does, you know? So it's, it's crazy the scale that uh, anybody could have now. You know, so... That's the only inspiring thing I have. If you have a really good message or good content or whatever that means nowadays, yeah. you can become worldwide famous. And yeah. I, I don't think we've had any... There's more celebrities now than has ever existed. It's a profession. Yeah. Celebrity and celebrity is a profession. Famous for being famous. Yeah. It is a, it's a skill to become that. I, I, I see the skill. There's no doubt there's a skill. I'm wondering what the usefulness of that skill is in the real world. But again, the real world has it's changed, changed so, so much. It's confused. There's a there's a really good book. I always recommend. It's called Liquid Times by a, a Polish anthropologist, uh, Bauman, Zygmunt Bauman. I can't remember his first name. Bauman, and he, in Liquid Times, like it's it's an analysis of the 20th century, right? He's writing in the 90s, I think, so the end of the 20th century, and I think he passed away. I believe he passed away before he saw social media. Uh. <laughs> if he could only see it now. But the point is, it's the world is changing so quickly. We have lost all sense of references. Right, there's no more. We lost track of of what you know. Like if like a hundred years ago, you knew what you you could plan the life of your children, put your money into this, send them to college, whatever. This is how you live your life. There was a roadmap to live your life, right? And like the world is changing so quickly. I think we lost all points of reference. There's no more like what's what's the world gonna be like in five years, Dave? You don't know, like for a hundred years, you can say there was gonna, very little was going to change. Yeah. Right. Like today, you can't say that. And like, what's going to be the dominant currency in ten years? Would you be willing to put all your money into the dollar in ten years? That the dollar is a dominant world currency? I'm not. I'm, I'm not so confident. Lumber. Lumber. I mean, and you want to go, and then you don't know. You don't. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, so there's there's a lot of like variables, and, and yeah, it's a very quickly changing world. Like. Unusually, like, I think this is a very strange time in history because it's like since there's that that chart. I can't remember the name of like a, a chart, like a, like how technology compounds on itself, and it does like that right there and skyrockets because it builds on itself, right? Yeah. And we're living that right there. I'm trying to go backwards now. Uh, yeah. Like caveman I, days. Well, I'm, I'm actually. I think I told you that I was applying to for a hunting tag. I want it, but for bow hunting. Oh shit, man! That sounds awesome. Yeah. But I, the last time I did hunting, or I mean hunting, the last time I did archery was yeah. in fifth grade. I took an archery class, but yeah. essentially that means I don't know any archery now. So I just took first class yesterday, and I'm like I had a, I essentially have eight weeks to get myself up to par. So mm-hmm. when I was in Costa Rica, I was like hiking with a like backpack, like yeah. added weight, like a simulate, like rucking and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm, try- <laughs> I'm trying to go backwards. But, but I think, yeah. but there's a calling there. There's something very natural about that. Oh, and for sure. I think this hiking thing. It's a, like I, I don't know. I, I don't remember hiking when I was a kid. Yeah. But like now, everyone goes hiking all the time. I think it's a way of us. Like I think even the gym, the gym is like a manifestation of a very primal environment. Yeah. Because we used to wrestle and fight before. For sure. So now we have found a new way of doing it indoors, right? And like hiking is a we used to hunt. Uh, and gather right like that's how we live the majority of our existence so I think it's a, there's a, there are callings are very natural ones that we still they're still in there right but we live in, in the world of technology and I think that a lot of there's there's some there's a void there there's some things that are very natural and primal to us that we're not getting enough of yeah no I took advantage of it. this trip to Costa Rica we hiked pretty much every day going in rainforest waterfalls awesome, yeah. yeah I had a blast you know and like to a point now uh, I was telling my girlfriend Jamie like we should be doing it more often here because it's a lot of hiking to do here in yeah, Nevada. It's not. I mean, yeah, man. You got you got to find the right days though, because it could. It, man, it's like you don't want to go hiking right now unless you go really early in the morning. Oh yeah, right, right it's, now, right, right out here, like Red Rock Canyon. Yeah, you're gonna just cook. 120 yeah. degrees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I went walking for an hour. Yeah, with the, with the pack on, and it's hot. But I'll tell you what, the dry heat's a lot easier to deal with than the humidity. Humidity. When I was, we went to this. I agree. Uh, Camp Corcovado. Corcovada, I think. It's like a rainforest yeah. uh, hike, four hours. 
Robert, I was wearing like these water boots that were up to my mid calf, and like halfway through, I hear like because you're soaking wet. I sweat so much that it poured all into my boots, and it was up to here in my ankle. In water. Yeah, just like four or five inches of just sweat down my ankle. I was like, Jesus Christ, man! Like it was just unbearable. Yeah, like it—it's nasty. Yeah, here you—I mean, I walk for an hour with weights on and. You barely, I mean, you're sweating, but it, uh, the sweat actually works. Like, it evaporates and it cools you off. You feel like, okay, I'm okay. You don't sweat a lot here. Like, I, you know, it's like in, in, in a humid place like Costa Rica, Florida. Brazil is not that humid. Not, not where I lived, at least. Like, you feel like you have to shower like three times a day. Oh, yeah. Like, in Vegas, I only shower once a week and I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dave, I got to get going, man. Yes, um, sir. Guys, it was a pleasure, as always. Hope you guys enjoyed. And, uh, yeah, man, let's do and hit another one next week. Yep. If you're down. Absolutely. All right, brother. Good shit. Nice. Ciao. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation. As always, like, share, comment, all that good stuff. You'll find us on social media at Breaking the Guard. And our website, BreakingTheGuard.com, is the best resource to see all the episodes and get links to your favorite platforms. A final word from one of our sponsors which is bjjcradle.com. bjjcradle.com is Robert's course for the Drysdale Cradle series. Again, fantastic course that covers how to use the wrestling pin, the cradle, to pass guard, set up submissions, and transition uh, to other positions. So I would highly recommend you guys check it out. It's not a lot of people that study using classical wrestling holds into a mixed martial arts environment. And Robert does an excellent job of breaking it down. I also am featured in there as well. I do a little cameo and show some of my techniques of passing butterfly guard and seated guards, whereas Robert uses a lot of passing half guard and particularly the shin shield of the China wall. So go ahead, visit bjjcradle.com to learn more. You can get some free videos by joining the newsletter. and. Again, once you get the course, it's available in both uh, DVD and online streaming formats. So go ahead, visit bjjcradle.com to learn more.